Hello, friends. I'm Pastor David G. Grogan, Sr. I'm the senior pastor at Sojourner Life Ministries, and I am the voice of Finnis's Javelin. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the need to be prepared for all Christians to be prepared to give an answer when asked by anybody of the hope that lies within us. We're living in a very strange time. We're living in a time with everything that's going on in society like has never been before. For the Christians, it's time for us to be able to make a defense for the God that we serve. Not that he can't defend himself because he can't, but that we as Christians have to be prepared to give an answer to anyone that asks why we believe like we believe. In this particular episode, Peter is talking to the church. In the first Peter, his first letter of Peter, the third chapter, verses 10 through 16, we're going to explore. We're going to explore that very thing, how Peter is telling those Christians at that time that they need to be prepared to give an account, that they have to be prepared to live their lives in such a way that they find peace, and their peace is going to be in Jesus the Christ. But not only that, but they're going to be attacked. Christians today in, in 2020 are going to be attacked for their faith, for their belief going to be attacked because we know that the God that we serve, that he is God, that he is an awesome God. And one of the things that is going to be mentioned in this message as I the, uh, uh, bring the message to the congregation at Sojourner Life Ministries is that if, anybody, if anything should be your dread, people, if anything should be your dread, then God should be your dread. Not that you should be afraid of him because God is not the God that will crush and destroy people. Try to make you think that God is a mean and angry and de deceitful and wrathful God. But you'll find out as you listen to this message that the only one that God will pour his wrath out on are those who defy him. It's one thing that you don't believe in him because that's your choice. But when you try to defy him, when you try to uh, attack him and you try to attack his people and you try to attack those that love him, those that only want to shed and share peace and goodwill to our brother men, that's what we're supposed to do. But, you know, oftentimes we're not allowed to do that because we're talked about Christians these days. And I want you to understand one thing. I am not complaining and I'm not uh, um, um, feeling sorry for myself because I have no reason to. Because the God that I serve, he is God. But the truth is, if you are a Christian and you are willing to live your life for Jesus Christ, to stand up and be fearless, then you are going to be attacked. You're going to be attacked for your belief. You're going to be called all type of names. And then not only that, but you are going to be uh, uh, required by society to explain why you believe that you, why, why you believe the way you believe. You know, there are some great uh, apologists who some that are still alive and some like Rabbi Zacharias, who has gone home to be with the Lord. Dr. D. James Kennedy, who has gone home to be with the Lord. Josh McDowell, that's still with us. There are those great apologists, Christian apologists, that they made sure that they studied the word of God to make sure that they would be prepared to give an account for why they have the hope in them. And the only way that could be done, my friends, is through the study of the word. You don't have to go through a theological seminary. If, you're, if you haven't been called to be a minister, the only thing that you do have to do is you have to study. As Paul told the young minister Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and 15, he said, But Timothy, but study to show thyself approved unto God, that ye may be a workman that needs not being ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
So in the episode today, we're going to talk about just that. We're going to talk about these, these verses, 1 Peter verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 10 through 16, and how important it is going to be to be prepared to give a defense for the gospel of Jesus Christ and to do it with meekness and fear. But remember this, saints, when listening, we are a meek people. We are definitely not a weak people. So I hope that you will enjoy what you hear. I'll come back in at the end of the message and close us out. The title of the message, once again, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Enjoy yourself. Praise the Lord. First Peter, amen. amen. The third chapter. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna read these scriptures. And after I read the scriptures, y'all are gonna pray, and then we're gonna y'all sit down and we're just gonna take a little time, amen, to um, get get us get our hearts prepared for for what the days that are to come, because we don't know. What's going to come? Amen? Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, 1 Peter, the third chapter. I'm going to start reading at verse number 10. And when um, I get to verse number 15, let us read that particular scripture together. Verse number 15. 1 Peter, the third chapter, verse number 10 through 16. When I get to verse number 15, let's read it together. Amen? Amen. amen. Praise God. I'm going to begin now. Everybody got it? Say amen when you have it. Amen. 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 10th chapter. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak to guile, that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Verse number 13. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But if ye, but if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Verse number 15. Let's read together. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And verse number 16 says, Having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. Lord God, Father, for your word. And we pray in Jesus' name that we would bind it about our necks and write it across the tables of our heart. And we could give you the praise. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Amen. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart, y'all. With all that we're going through, with all that society's going through here in uh, June 2020, and it looks like for some time beyond, uh, we don't know when Jesus Christ is going to come back. You know, you heard me say earlier that um, that um, one of the big issues that that we're having in the in the church right now. Is um, and we're getting caught up in what's going on in the world. We don't want to get caught up, y'all, in the world's in the world's um, uh, cynicism. You know, we don't want to get caught up in in being ugly uh, towards people. We don't want to do anything, you know, that's going to um, pe- cause people not to look for the Christ. Amen. And we want to live our lives that God is glorified in all that we do. And so, in uh, Peter is talking to the church in First Peter's first letter, 
And in these verses right here, he's talking about the need for us to um, live a life that's conducive, amen, for our, to, uh, conducive for enjoying in Christ. But then, dog, it strengthens us to be prepared for whatever might come. Listen to me. You know, at Wagner, you know, we can, these things are getting so close to home. At Wagner High School, just the other night, they had a, they had a, um, they had the, the school blocked off. They had, um, they had a, 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 a rally right there by the big intersection at Wagner High School. I think they had a gay pride portion of it, and then they had the Black Lives Matter portion of it. Right there at Wagner High School. And so, you know, these things, y'all, these things are getting close to home. We, we cannot say that, hey, you know, uh, that's, well, that's out here away from where I'm at. No, it's not easy. And because it is, we need to understand that um, that God is gonna is is, is in charge. Amen. And y'all, I love being saved because as I watch this take place, as I watch all this going on, the church has got to be ready, y'all, because this is gonna filter down. It's gonna get to the point, and if you read some of the news, um, uh, pay attention, you know, to what's going on. There's a lot of things that are happening um, to. The church, you know, you have a lot of things, you know, this whole thing with wanting to tear down any statue that, that, we, that looks like Jesus, uh, and they say because it looks like there's a, a European Jesus, a white Jesus, they want to tear down these statues, they want to tear down anything that reminds them of the Christ. Yeah. And, um, you know, but the word of God says that God is a spirit, and they that worship, worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He's not a European God. He's not a black God. He's not an Asian God. He's not a Hispanic God. He's God. And when Jesus Christ walked, Jesus Christ was a Jew. But there's so much evil, y'all, that's taking place in society today. I'm telling you something, you know, we repeat scripts of these scriptures over and over again. And we go back into the Old Testament and we see how in the Old Testament, you know, the church had become so rebellious against God that God had to deal with them in such a harsh way. But it wasn't because he wanted to destroy them or, or hurt them. He wanted to let them know that you cannot live like this and expect that I don't, I won't deal with you in such a way. Especially when you, especially they were God's chosen people, right? Supposed to show good works, supposed to show the people around them, all the nations around them, how how great He is. But they weren't doing that. They were living their lives unto themselves. And because they lived their lives unto themselves, and this was from the leadership all the way down to the to the babies. Innocent children that would be uh, taken captive in bondage because the adults and the leaders would not do what they're supposed to do. And because they didn't do that, they were held captive. Seventy years they went into bondage. And a lot of people died, y'all. There's a, there's a lot of people died. A lot of men, women, and children died in captivity. A lot of them died before they ever got to captivity. They died along the way. And then a lot of them, once they were there in captivity, they became just like their captors. Mm -hmm. They acted like their captors. They thought like their captors. You know, and, and, and it, it, was, it, was, it was so bad. It was so, it was so bad that even after they got out, and their, their hearts were so wicked, y'all, that even after they got out, they said they still weren't going to do what God told them to do. And so for that 400 years that they didn't hear from God between Malachi and Matthew, they were on their own. And if you read, y'all, that period of time where uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the apocryphal time, um, if you read about that time, you'll see how bad that they got. They got so bad, y'all, 
They got so bad that God finally sent his son. Look, he said, he's like, God, God was like, look, God, we got to Jesus, I'm going to put a stop to this because my people, they, many of them had gotten so bad that in order for him to keep them having to destroy them all, he sent his son, the Christ. Amen. Isaiah, the first chapter, verse 9, it's not in here, it's not in the text. I just want to give you Isaiah, the first chapter, verse 9. Isaiah was talking to, uh, God was talking to the people, talking to Isaiah about his people. And he told in Isaiah, verse 9, he said, if, this, if, if there had not been a remnant, y'all, that this nation would have been as a Sodom, and this nation would have been as a Gomorrah. Yeah. If it had not been for a remnant people, he would have, he would have, he would have wiped out all of them. But there were those, y'all, that determined in their heart that they were to live right by God. And listen to me. They determined they were to live right by God no matter what was going on, no matter how they were being treated, no matter how they were being talked about, no matter what was going on around them, they had determined in their heart that they were going to do right by God. Amen? Amen. And so this is the this, this is the thing. How do you know how far, how much, and how uh, much time you have to spend with God if you don't know the scripture, if you don't know the word, and then if somebody comes to you and asks you, if somebody comes to you and rails on you about your faith, how are you going to handle it? How are you going to handle it? Listen to a song by the by the by the Gaithers uh, this morning. We were listening to some music by the Gaithers, and one of the songs that the the, uh, the 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 singer was saying that God is looking for a few good men. You know, and I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking, Lord, send me, I'll go. Send me, Lord, I'll go. God, you're looking for a few good men. Count me in. Count me in, God, because I'm prepared. And I'm going to stay prepared. And I'm going to stay in a preparation mode until you come back. Always being ready for the great coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the warfare that it takes to, that we have to deal with while we're going through. Verse number 10, it says, For he that will love him, will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Refrain his tongue was a duty in David's time as well as now. It was it? It was a duty in David's time as well as now. The right government of the tongue is the best way to make this life comfortable and prosperous. A sincere Inoffensive, discreet tongue is a singular means to pass us peaceably and comfortably through the world. Doing good is the way to, to contentment and happiness both here and hereafter. It is the duty of Christians not only to embrace peace when it is when it's offered, but to seek and pursue it when it is denied. Peace with societies as well as peace with particular persons in opposition to divisions and contentions is what is here intended. Peace. Keep your tongue. Talk right. Don't get involved in the foolishness. Y'all, there are so many foolish things, so many foolish sayings that are taking place, and the same can drag you into that. That's exactly what it's going to do. We're not going to go there, but one day, you read James, the first chapter, says something very, no, James the third chapter says something very important about the tongue. It speaks about the tongue. 
It speaks about how dangerous and how deadly the tongue is. About how it can, it, how it can, it, 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 you can't, it can't be controlled, and it can start great fires. It, it start your tongue causes great problems. It's, if you go to James the third chapter, read that whole third chapter because in one of my favorite verses in that third chapter is verse number eleven, where it, it says in verse number eleven, it says, "Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter?" That's the question, and if you answer that question truthfully. You have to answer no. You can't get bitter water and sweet water out of the same faucet, out of the same fountain. But see, listen, we're talking about people in today are going to try to get you to talk like they talk, think like they think, treat people the way that they treat people. And this is a, this is the thing, y'all. That's not you. You will not find no peace in your life. I don't care how much is going on around you. You'll find no peace in your life if you conduct yourself, if you talk the way and walk the way people are walking around you. There comes a time that where the God says, let this mind be in you who was also in Christ Jesus. Amen? So we want to live our lives. We want to live our lives and talk the way we're, we're supposed to talk. And refrain from evil speaking. Refrain from from the things that 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 um, that are not good for you, it says the scripture says, "Speak no guile. Don't let that stuff come out of your mouth." Glory to God. Look, I've seen more pastors. Once this thing happened with George Floyd, I have watched and seen more pastors. More read about more pastors. Pastors. They're speaking more guile from the pulpit than a lot of people in the street, and they shouldn't be. Because what they're doing is they're telling the people that they're telling God's people, this is the way you should talk. This is the way you should act. This is the things that you should do. This is how you should think. And if you don't know the word of God for yourself, if you don't know what God tells you to do, if you don't know how to conduct yourself, you won't have peace. Because, you, because you're going to start thinking like everybody else. Y'all listen to me. There's a broad way and there's a narrow way. Which way are you going to take? I'll tell you something. Those two verses have become a Oh, like this, they have become like, you know, the word of God says, you bind them about your neck and write them across the tables of your heart. Those two verses have become so real and so deep because when you read about it, this is G Jesus Christ himself was speaking those words. Jesus was speaking those words. It wasn't, it wasn't the Apostle Paul, it wasn't any of the disciples. Jesus was telling us that there's a broad way and that there's a narrow way. And people by the groups, people, you know, you talk about, you know, you talk about these marches out here that are going on, this Broadway is greater than that. Because this Broadway, it, 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 it involves people that in the Old Testament dispensation that rebelled against God. People that in the, in the, in the apocryphal period, they rebelled against God. People in this New Testament time rebelling against God. So there's a Broadway, and this is what he was talking to the church. Yeah. This, is, this is my thing. I'm a part of the church. I'm a part of church, y'all. And we're living in a strange time. Like never, never ever seen before. Verse number 11 says, let him eschew evil and do good. Let him speak peace and, 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 and ensue it. He wants you to speak peace. He wants us to, 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 to speak peace to people. People ask me, look, what do you think about this? Well, I think that Jesus Christ is in control. Yeah, man, but you know, all this kind of stuff is taking place. Black people getting this back issue. Black people get asked you. I'll tell them, look, I've been delivered. And so have they. That's why you're here today. Because you've been delivered. People that don't believe that they've been delivered, they, they're still bound by the things of the past. And so they speak in the past. 
They speak things way back there when they should be speaking things here and forward. Any man that puts, that, fit, that puts his hand to the plow, the word of God says, and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. See, this is the way Christians were. Y'all, listen to me. I, I'm a Christian first. I heard, I heard of, there was a, yeah, I heard, I heard a, uh, uh, there's a young man that was on YouTube. I listened to it. It was sent to me. He listened to it. And he said the very thing. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian first. And yeah, I'm a black Christian, but I'm a Christian. So everything that I do, I do what God says to do. That's how I find my peace. Look, this stuff don't bother me. It's unfortunate that it's happening, but my peace is in Christ Jesus. I don't want to worry about anybody. Listen to me. I will tell my, the young man, look, do right by God, and if somebody were to grab you, a police officer or anybody else, because we got black-on-black -black crime that's just as bad and worse than this. Somebody grabs you and, and kills you, as long as you are saved, look, you, you're, going, you're going to a place where the saints want to be. Yes. You're going to Zion. You'll be in peace. You don't have to worry about this down here. While you're down here, do what's right. Talk right. Walk right. Act right. Stay away from, uh, from, from, from rioting and stay away from rebelling and stay away from, from evil speaking just because everybody else is doing it. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that God has shown me that I don't have to do what everybody else is doing. You know, there's a time, there's a time, there's a time, there's a time when you might just have to walk by yourself. And that's what, when you get to that, when you get to that, there comes a time when you might have to walk by yourself. Walk by, but this is me. Are you ever alone? No. Come on, say, are you ever alone? No. No. Who walks with you all the time? Christ. All the time. You are never alone. Jesus Christ himself, he said it in John 8, 36, you'll hear me repeat this all the time, who the Son says free is free what? Indeed. Indeed you are free. You're not bound to the past. Are you bound to the color of your skin? Are you? I'm not. I'm as black as they come. And so glad about it too. Born in Jackson, Mississippi. I was thinking about that this morning. I was saying, the Lord gave me the opportunity to, to literally um, march around our community with Charles Medgar Evers. I remember when he came to the kingdom, and we went, went to an all-black elementary school, lived in an all-black community, knew the stuff that was going on, read about it, hear about it, you see about it. But you know what? Look, I'm not, you know, if, 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 does nobody have to come and apologize to me for what happened in the past? Because they didn't do it to me. And it didn't happen to me. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Because these are these are thought processes, y'all. These are things that get in your mind and they cause you to think that Jesus Christ is not what he is. These are things that will get in your mind and you will do what society is doing and not what God says. God wants us to have a peace in our mind. Have peace in your spirit. Fearlessness. Hallelujah. Enjoy living. No matter what's going on out there. Man, look, they, look, they, they, can, march, they can march down the street in front of my house. I'm going to go around the block. Hollering and yelling. You know, throwing signs and doing all kinds of stuff. Let them do it out there. I'm still going to have peace. I'm going to be right there in the house watching Andy Griffith or something like that. I'm going I'm to be, be in there enjoying. I'm going to be in there enjoying uh, in the heat of the night. Look, I'm going to be there. While they're out there... Look, they're out there making themselves angry. Yes. They're out there rallying themselves up, y'all. That's what they're doing. Because they, because they, and, and a lot of times, this is the problem, a lot of times, the Christians are out there with them. 
doing the same thing. Broad is the way. Narrow is the gate. Verse number 12 says, um, verse number 12, it says, for, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are upon their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Christians need not fear that such patient, that such patient, inoffensive behavior as is prescribed will encourage the cruelty of the enemies. Don't be afraid. Don't think because you're being nice that's going to encourage the enemies to, oh, he's a, he's, a, he's a chump. Those Christians ain't about nothing. Look how they, every time they just they just buckled out. See, we're meek, but we are not weak. Say that. You have to believe that. You have to know that for yourself. Because that was that was, that's what Peter was telling the church. Don't think that you being kind and being right and doing what you're supposed to even if it causes the people to rise up against you, don't think you're doing wrong. Don't be fearful of that. They're doing that because, because they don't know who you know. For, for, God will, for God will thereby be engaged on, the, on, on their side. For God, there, to, for God will there, there be, excuse me, for God will there be, be engaged on their side. God uh, takes special notice of them. He's talking about the saints. Take special notice of them. Exercises a providential, constant control over them. And bears a special respect and affection for them. I like that. Oh my goodness, y'all. See, listen to me. In order for this to affect you and affect your heart and your mind, you got to really believe that there is a God. you got to really believe that God is who he says that he is. In order for you to really get this in your spirit and, and, and enjoy it and enjoy it and feel the peace and the security, you got to really believe, y'all, that God is who he says he is. Because if, if anybody comes to church Sunday after Sunday, you know, Bible studies, Bible studies on Wednesday nights or whatever they're doing, and they don't believe that God is who he says he is, you might as well stop coming. Because it does you no good. You're wasting your time. Now, I'll tell you something. God is who he says that he is. His ears are open to their prayers. So that if any injuries be, a, uh, be afforded to them, they have this remedy. They may complain of it to their heavenly father, whose ears are always attentive to the prayers of his servants in their distresses. And who will certainly aid them against their unrighteous enemies. Mm -hmm. But the face of the Lord is against those that do evil. His anger, displeasure, and revenge will pursue them. For he is more an enemy to, to, to wicked persecutors than men are. See, so you, 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 let me tell you something. You can be, you can be rebellious against God if you want to. God, when you pray, do you believe that God is hearing your prayer? When you pray, do you believe that God answers your prayers? When you need a healing, when you need a supply, when you need a vehicle, when you pray, do you believe? Do you know? Do you trust? That's right. That's hey, look, I'm telling you, that's a great example because faithfulness. Yeah, Hallelujah. Yeah. God honors faithfulness. Yeah, yeah. This is who we are. Yeah. Look, we're just, we don't have to get out there and do like everybody else is doing because the God that we serve, He's always watching, He's always listening, He knows what we need, and He's faithful to take care of us. Yeah. But He's also a God of war. Mm -hmm. Somebody take me real quick. But uh, I thought that God was low. Oh, He's low. He, he loves those. He loves everybody. 
but he, he, he cares and he honors and he, and he takes care of he holds and he caresses and gives peace to the ones that love him. But for the ones that will rebel against him, that will defy him, that will come against him. This man's talking about tearing down statues of Jesus. The symbols of European Jesus is everywhere in the place. He wants to tear them down. Because there's, so he says there's symbols of oppression. This man's a fool. And if he doesn't, he's a fool. And, 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 and if he doesn't repent, if he doesn't get right, he dies, he goes to hell. It's as simple as that, y'all. There's no in-betweens. The God that we serve, he, he is the God of war. We need to understand that uh, 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 God is infinitely good. He abhors, though God is infinitely good, he abhors impenitent sinners and will pour out his wrath upon those that do evil. That's, the, that's just who he is. You can try to say anything you want. You can talk about me and say anything you want. I don't want to serve no God like that. If God is that mean, I want to serve. You don't have to serve him. He's not to make you serve him. But you don't want to serve him because you know who he is. And if you're in the church and somebody comes to you and says something like that to you, and you begin to even consider what they're saying, you need to step back. Because the God that we know, how, how, look at, how well do you know your God? How well do you know the God that you serve? How much faith you have in the security that he can give you? How much faith you have in that he can supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ? How much faith you have that when you go to bed at night and you pray and you get up in the morning, how much faith do you have believe that God is going to take you? When you walk out here in the streets and this COVID-19 is all over, how much faith you have that God is able to keep you from falling. How much faith do you have in God? Hallelujah. Listen to me. You got the, when you walk and you walk before the Lord, you profess to know God, you profess to love him, you better know him. You better have some faith in him. Because there's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing that God can't stop. I'm telling you something, y'all. I know you probably like tired of hearing me talk about my incident, but listen to me. I could have been in heaven today. Gone. But God says no. And because he says no, and because he's healing my body, he's bringing me along the way. The God that I serve, he is God. And I don't care what anybody says. You can say anyone say, I am not going to deny my God. Amen. Verse number 13 says, and who is he that will harm you if he be followers of that which is good? Who will harm you? This patient, humble behavior of Christians is further recommended because the uh, further, further, is further recommended because this will be the best and surest way to prevent suffering from from who is he that will harm you. Thus, I suppose uh, this I suppose is spoken of Christians in an ordinary uh, condi uh, condition, not in the heat of per uh, persecution. Ordinarily, there will be but few so diabolical. And impious as to harm those who live so uh, so innocently and useful and usefully as you do. This is the way to improve suffering. This is the way to improve suffering. If you be followers of that which is good and not suffer this uh, and, and and yet suffer, this is suffering is righteousness for suffering righteousness. It's good to suffer for righteousness' sake. If you do good, people attack you. That's all right. That's all right. If they're going to do it, 
but this is what it says. There are there are there are few that are more diabolical and impious that would really literally attack you for being a Christian. But you know what? You know, times are changing. Because once they start pulling down symbols of Jesus Christ, once they don't once there's no more crosses. And next thing you know, you're going to be like those two young black women out in front of the, um, out in front of the uh, uh, um, Planned Parenthood. They were just standing there on the public sidewalk, away from the entrance, and they were praying, and they were talking to the people as they went. They weren't being nasty. They picked those two girls up and took them to jail. What about the rioters? What about the looters? What about the ones that are doing all the foolishness that are yelling and screaming? See, they'll, they'll allow them to go on. You know, hey, and, and for those of you that are that are fearful of COVID nineteen, look, you might be, they're the ones that are causing a lot of this. They're out here in these streets marching in mass. But they got, but, that, but if you look at it, Pastor Muslim got their mask on. They're sweating. They're pulling down their masks. They're touching each other. They're bumping against each other, and they're doing it in mass. They're causing a lot of the issues. They're the it's not necessarily the bars, yeah, that's a problem, that's an issue too. But listen this stuff is being spread because when people, when you when you don't do what's right by God, you become an innocent, you, you become the, the victim of, 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 of treachery. You'll be an innocent bystander, innocent bystander. Because the people around you don't want to do what's right by God. You're walking down the street, some drunk cut out some drunk come out of a bar. You know, at two o'clock in the afternoon, and you know he bumping and bumping, he bumps into you, and he sweat flies over you, and here you are, you you ain't doing it right. You got your mask on and everything. You start feeling sick a couple of days later. Go to the doctor. COVID nineteen. Mm. Yeah, I'm telling you something. Listen, you know, I'm telling you, they say that you can't stop babies being born, but yes, you can't. You can stop little girls from having babies. Prematurely. But see, society don't want to do what's right by God. And if you try to do what's right by God, people will attack you for just wanting to do right by God. And how do you do that? You do it by, what's it called? Uh, 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 abstinence. Is a 100% way sure to stop premarital, having, having premarital sex is a 100% way, way to stop having babies. And then the, the babies that are, are going to be aborted because they have them and they don't want them. But nobody, nobody, nobody's marching for the millions and millions of babies that are dying every day. Nobody's marching for them. Nobody's saying that babies' lives matter. You know, they're just doing. Let me tell you y'all. These people got these people got minds that are so corrupted. And that's what Peter was telling the church: don't have them, don't have a corrupt mind, y'all. Look, live your life right. Do the things that do the things that you're supposed to do. It's uh, somebody. It's, it's equity up here somewhere. Uh, so, so, so you live your life that you that you live your life right. Don't 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 get involved in the things of this world. Do right by God. Verse number fourteen says, "But if it, if but, but and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. You need not be afraid of anything they can do to strike you with terror. Neither be much neither be much troubled nor concerned about the rage." Or force uh, the force of your enemies. The, uh, the, to follow always that which is good is the best course we can take to keep out of harm's way. Listen to that. The best course you can take to keep out of harm's way. Do that which is right by God. Be where you need to be. Don't be somewhere you don't need to be just to be there, just because everybody else is there. Be right by God. That's the best course of action. 
to stay out of harm's way. To suffer the to suffer for righteousness' sake is the is the honor, is the honor and happiness of Christians. To suffer for the cause of truth, a good conscience, or any part of the Christian's duty is a great honor. The delight of its great the delight of it is greater than the torment. Amen? Amen. To suffer righteousness' sake, that's greater than the torment. Look, the word of God says that where there's fear, there's torment. Don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid of being a Christian. Don't be afraid of doing right, y'all. Don't be afraid of doing all the things that you need to do that God tells you you're supposed to do. Because if you suffer for righteousness' sake, that's greater than the torment. That young woman way back in Columbine, 14 years old, on her knees, one of those, one of those, one of, them, one of the kids came and asked her, you know, what, what, you know, uh, will you renounce God? Will you renounce Jesus? And she said, no. Shot her and killed her, 14 years old, straight to heaven. Because she wasn't afraid of the terror that would come her way. She trusted her God more than the one that shot her knew God. It's unfortunate, y'all. But these things are going to happen. I don't have much longer. The word of God says, uh, uh, to delight uh, of is greater than the torment, the honor, more than the disgrace, and the gain, much greater than the loss. Christians have no reason to be afraid of the threats or rage of any of their enemies. Your enemies are God's enemies. Your enemies are God's enemies. His face is against them. His power is above them. They are the objects of his curse and can know and can do nothing to you but by his permission. Therefore, trouble not yourselves about them. I like that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, y'all. And the only ones that can do this are the ones that are saved. The only ones that can walk like that and believe that and understand that are the ones that are saved. God is your shield and buckler, your high tower. Yeah. Amen. He's the one that's over all the enemies. Y'all, and the reason, look, these messages, we don't know what's going to happen every day. That when, that, when that alarm, that, when that alert came on last night, I thought it was another, I thought it was another, um, um, you know, a silver alert or or uh, the alert for a child being lost. I looked at that thing some day, well, just the day we saw it first, and she showed me, I was like, what? They're going to lock down everything now, you know, to stop this thing. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with trying to save people to do what's right. And we are to do what's right. But uh, you know what? The last thing I'm going to do is let this stuff instill fear into me. I am not going to be fearful. I'm not going to be fearful to go anywhere. I'm not going to be fearful to talk to anybody. I am not going to be fearful because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And because where there's fear, there's torment. Mm -hmm. Hey, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. So, we're coming down to the key verse. And I'm going to read the key verse and read a little bit of information about the key verse and then we're going to, then we'll, we'll be done. The key verse, verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and in fear. Verse 16 talks about the, uh, in, in the 15 and verse 16, it talks about the meekness and the fear. That's the, that's the, that's the disposition, how we're supposed to um, deal with people. And so, but I want to concentrate on the first part of that verse. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. And that's very important, y'all, because, you know, the time that we live in, you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready. And how are we going to be ready?
ready if you don't read the word of God? How are you going to be ready if you don't spend time with him? How are you going to be ready if you don't fast, if you don't pray? How are you going to be ready when somebody comes to you, like the first verse 10 through 14, when somebody comes to you with those type of attitudes and they're ready to destroy you, and they, and they tell you, if you don't renounce Jesus Christ, if you don't watch with us to pull down statues, if you don't take the cross off your house, if you don't take the stuff off your front lawn that says Jesus, if you don't do that, we're going to destroy you. We're going to come and we're going to tell them to come to your house, take everything away from you. When they start doing that, and, or somebody just comes and asks you, why do you believe that stuff that you believe? Why do you go to church? It don't look like your God is doing anything to me. Look at all the babies that are dying. Look at all this that's happening. Look at all this. When somebody comes and asks you, and they come to you and they say things like that, your children come home from school and they ask you questions that the teachers, the teachers have said things to them. What are you going to do? The objective question here is, are you ready to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Are you ready? Are you ready to give it a... I don't know. What, uh, what, what, I'm getting an echo. I don't know if it's coming off of one of the phones there that's open. But I'm getting an echo. I'm, I'm hearing myself in surround sound. Um, uh, yeah, was it that right there? Did that pick you right there? Take, the old, take that one all the way down. The volume off. Unbelievers, hypocrites, and naysayers. Amen? Can you stand for righteousness sake? This is a question I asked. This is a, was a, not, it was a rhetorical question. This is a question you have to answer in yourself. Can you stand for righteousness sake? Is your faith rooted and grounded in the Lord? Oh my goodness, y'all. To be saved and to be always getting an understanding. Listen to me. As the time changes, as the as the as the years go by, and society changes, you know, you know, the word of God is going to meet us at our need, y'all. The word of God is going to prepare us for everything that comes on every uh, uh, transition in society. The word of God is going to take care of and take us through each and every one of those transitions. Look where we're at right now. Look where we're at right now. We're in a transition like no other time I've ever seen. This. These last, these last year and a half or so has been so unbelievable. So where is it going to go next? Because I'm telling you something, y'all. This stuff is just not going to stop. The COVID-19 is just not going to stop just like the flu didn't just stop. But all this racism and all this hatred is not going to stop because they're trying to blame it on one man. Don't blame it on one man. Blame it on yourself. Don't blame it on anybody particularly. You are a part of society. We are a part of society. And when we do the things and we live our lives and if we're supposed to be Christians and we're doing the things that, say the things that we should not be saying, we're a part of the problem. Yeah. People are children, don't be like that, y'all. In the, in the common vernacular. Don't be like that. Be good to each other. Be kind. Be strong. Be forceful when you're talking, when you're talking about the Lord. Don't drop your head. Don't be a Christian step and fetch it. Stand up. Be strong with the Lord and the powers of his might. Be ready to give an account for everything for the hope that's in you. But this is the question, can you do it? Christians have no reason to be afraid of the threats or, or rage of any of their enemies. Your enemies are God's enemies. Amen? Amen. Read that. 
I'm going to just kind of go back to this real, just real quick. Your enemies are God's enemies. His face is against them. His power is above them. They are the objects of his curse and can do nothing to you but by his permission. Therefore, trouble not yourselves about them. Instead of terrifying yourselves with the fear of men, be sure to sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Let him be your, let him be your fear and let him be your dread. Oh my goodness. Listen to me. Let God be the one that you don't want to get on his bad side. Yes. Let God be the one that you wake up and you have this reverential fear because you know that God has power over all things. See, that's yes. the problem. A lot of people, even in church, they don't believe that the God that they serve has power over everything. They think he only has power over a few things. That he's a he answers prayers, and that when you uh, uh, you, you do certain things, that's what they that's all that they think about the God that they serve. But see, you no know, look. Let him be your dread. Yes. Let him be the one that you. Oh my goodness! When you look and you see society doing the things that they're doing, and the devil tries to tell you, get out there with him, and the Holy Spirit says, no, you don't, because if you get out there, you're gonna become just like him. That's the spirit of God talking to you, telling you, don't do what the world do. Let him be your dread. Let him be the one that directs you and keeps you, hallelujah, and keeps you strong in a time like this because it's going to get worse. Fear not those that can only kill the body, but fear him that can destroy body and soul. Who is that? Who is that? That's the Lord. That's Jesus. He's the one. Don't fear anybody because they, look, can't nobody put you in hell. Can't nobody on this, this earth Put you in hell. You know, you know, you know what puts you in hell? Your decisions. Yes. Your decisions put you in hell. Because you can't serve two masters. You'll love the one and despise the other one. You'll cleave the one and you'll reject them. You know, you can't have you can't serve two masters. So don't be afraid of don't be afraid of what men say. We sanctify the Lord God in our hearts when we with sincerity and fervency adore him. Listen to that word, y'all. This is the thing. Do, are you fervent? Are you fervent in your worship and your love for God? You know, that don't mean you got to run around with your hands up in the air, all where you shouting and doing all kinds of things. But in your heart, are you fervent? Do you love God with a fire that you know no matter what man says, the God that you serve is greater than that? You're not afraid. When our thoughts of Him are awful, and keep them up. Look, A-W-F-U-L, awful, but not awful as in, oh, that's awful, that's that. But awful as in, oh my God. Do you, say to me, do you ever think about God in the, in that when you're at home or in the waking moments or when you sleep or you wake up before you go to sleep, do you ever think about how, oh, God is? You know, look, when, I, I've never been to the Grand Canyon, but I've flown over it. And to look out in the window and see that big old crack in the earth, oh, my goodness. And people talk about overpopulating the earth, and they talk about destroying the earth. And you see the seas that are so deep, and they're so huge, they're so massive. You know, uh, the continents that are that are huge and massive. Animals right out there, no man has ever seen places on this earth that no man has ever gone. And we worry, and people worry about. They think that they're going to save God's earth. We got to save God's place. No, you need to let God save you, because when God saves you, then you'll know that you don't have to try to do. There's, there's one thing to be a good steward. You want to be a good steward. But you don't have to be afraid that it's over. 12 years from now, it's all going to be gone. If it's going to be gone, it's because Jesus Christ is going to come back. Amen? Amen. 
And then so, so you got to have an awe and a reverence for God. When we rely upon his power, trust to his faithfulness, submit to his wisdom, imitate his holiness, and give him the glory due to his most illustrious perfection. Mm. How many of us do that? How many of us look at God and just go, oh my goodness. God saved me. He keeps me. He heals me. He supplies my needs. And I don't look at it like a machine, an ATM, a vending machine. I don't look at it like that. I look at it for who he is. He's God. We sanctify, we sanctify God before others when our deportment is such as invites and encourages others to glory and honor him. And both are required. When this, when this principle is laid deeply into our hearts, the next thing as to, as to men is to be always ready. Listen to this, y'all. That is able and willing. Are you able and willing to give an answer? Or make an apology or defense. We're getting, we're, we're getting, we're, 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 we're getting into the meat of it. Because y'all listen to what it says. When this principle is laid deeply into your hearts, the principles of God is awe. The next thing is, the next thing as to men is to be always ready, that is, able and willing to give an answer or make an apology or defense. Of the faith you possess or you profess, and that every man that's asking a reason of your hope, what sort of hope you have, or which you suffer hardship in this world for? Are you ready? Are you able and willing? This is all oh, I love this, y'all. Listen to me. How many of y'all read your Bibles every day? Don't lie. How many of y'all read your Bibles every day? Listen to me, saints. You better read your Bible every day. Well, Pastor, I got to work. I'm so busy. You better take some time. You better find 15 minutes in a quiet place to read your Bible every single day. Because if you don't read your Bible and you're attacked by somebody and the Holy Spirit wants to bring something out of you, you might remember what you heard and how it kind of sounded. But how are you going to be able to give it a defense? 66 books. Is nobody, nobody in here, neither I nor anybody else will ever know all those 66 books. If they don't happen. But let me tell you, the more time you spend with the Lord, and somebody's going to attack you, you can bet your bottom dog, the Holy Spirit's going to pull it out of you. You're going to be ready to give them a defense for the hope that's in you. Say, listen to me, this is some brutal times that we're living in. If, if, it, look, if it's up there at Wagner High School, it's just a little ways away from our house, Sister Daisy. And if I go out to, you leave this church, and some person follows you, and you stop at a store, you stop somewhere, they get out, and they come to you. I saw you come out of that church. Why you do that? Why you, why you even waste your time? And don't, and listen to me, don't tell me that that can happen, because, look, stranger things have happened. Somebody's going to want to know why you believe what you believe. And you sit up and go, what, 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 I just believe in God, you know. That's a good thing. You know, why are you believe in him, you know? You know, well, because Jesus Christ saved my soul. Well, how did he save your soul? You know, and as it, as the devil uses this person to get deeper and deeper into your spirit, deeper into your mind, you gotta be ready to give an account. You gotta be ready to tell him what thus saith the Lord. Learn this first, awful in awful sense of the divine perfections is the best antidote against. 
the fear of suffering. Do we, uh, did we fear God more? We should certainly fear men less. Ha! Ah, look at that. You know what The more time you spend with the Lord, the more time you fear him, the more time you give him time, the less time you'll fear man. When you walk out and you go to your job, you won't let mankind affect you the way it affects a lot of Christians when you know God more. What did, what, what, what did Paul tell Timothy, the young minister in 2 Timothy 2 and, 2 and 15? He said, but study to show thyself approved unto God. That ye be a working that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. How many, is it, look, rhetorical question. Do y'all fear somebody coming up there and asking you about your salvation? Do you fear, do you stay away from, oh my goodness, you come here, I, I, you know, look, oh, I hope they don't ask me about Jesus because I, I just know a little bit, I, I just know that I'm saved. Well, yeah, well, you know that you're saved. What about giving God the glory? What about drawing that person to Christ? That's why I said, you don't be a spiritual six-stepping bitch walking around, head down, ducking, ducking and weaving people because you don't, because you're not prepared. Y'all, this is the time that we're in. Pastor's not fussing. I'm just, you know, looking. The time that we're in, be ye also ready. Because we don't know when Christ is coming back. But we also know, don't know when somebody's going to come to us and attack us, attack you about your faith. And this is more, you know, the, the youth, you know, they got the youth, the youth's minds, the youth's minds are like a thousand miles away. And the youth's minds are way out here. But you adults, you parents, you single women, men, listen to me. You got to know this. You need to be ready. Because this is a brutal time that we're in. And if they will allow this man to say the things that he says, and people will agree with him, and start pulling down statues of Jesus Christ, then they say, you know, they're going to be marching against Christianity all together. You don't want the churches closed. Since Daisy often says that, that the churches eventually have to go underground. Why? Because there's going to be such a hatred for Christians that you're going to do one of two things. You'll submit to them or you'll trust God. What will you do? Secondly, the hope and faith of, Christ, of, of a Christian um, are, are defensible against all the world. There may be a good reason given for religion. It is not a fancy, but a rational um, scheme revealed from heaven, suited to all the necessities of miserable sinners and centering entirely in the glory of God through Christ Jesus. That's where it comes from. That's where the hope is. It's in the word. Y'all with me? Yes. Thirdly, every Christian, every Christian is bound to answer and apologize for the hope that it is. Okay, now. Every Christian, this has helped me out, help me out. Every Christian is bound to answer and apologize for the hope that is in him. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down here, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about what, what it means to apologize, and then we're going to be done. Amen? Uh, Christians should have a reason ready for their Christianity that it may be, uh, that it may appear. They are not actuated either by folly or fancy. Listen to me, y'all. Christianity is not a fad. You got a lot of people that they're Christians in brand name only. And if you ask them, what does it mean to be saved? They can't tell you. And I know because I've asked Christians before to explain to me what it means to be saved. And they can't. 
The only thing they know is that they go to church, their parents go to church, they're raised in the church, but they can't do it. It's not a folly, and it's not a fancy. Y'all, Christianity is from God. Christianity has come down to us from heaven. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Christian, that's what we get our name for. Christ died for us. He bled, he suffered. Buried in a borrowed tomb, killed on the cross. Buried in a borrowed tomb, rose of, of power on the third day. That's what Christianity is. Listen to me. You have you cannot get to the point where you feel as though I just go to church because it's a thing to do. You better I hope you're coming to church because you oh my goodness, you love God. And you love the people that love God with you. And you come because you want to be you want to provoke your brothers and sisters to love the good ones. You want to be there to, to help them to help them enjoy their living. So it's not either by it's not actually either by folly or by fancy. The world doesn't cause us to do this. Why would the world cause you to live holy, live right? The world can't do that because they don't even know what it is. This defense may be ne may be necessary more than once or twice, so the Christian should be always ready to make it, either to the magistrates if he demand it, or to any any inquisitive Christian who desires to know it for his information or improvement. So you got to be ready to give this to anybody. I don't care the powers that be. If the police arrest you, they ask you, what, what, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm out here just standing in front of this, um, in front of this building, on the side of this building, because I, you know, I believe by Christ. I believe what He said about about murder and death and stuff like that. I, I I'm doing it because I'm a Christian. This is what God would have me to do. You understand? Be ready to give an account. I see y'all. I know some people gotta go. Eyes are getting eyes are getting weird, but I'm almost done. Amen. Uh, verse number sixteen. We won't cover that. But what I do want to go, I want to go directly to the word, the word apologies, as it's used in the text. Amen. Amen. Uh, the, to define apology or apologetics is what Peter was talking about. He's talking about apologetics. He's talking about being able to give account to somebody for what you believe in. So apologetics is. The reasoned arguments or writings in justification. God bless you. God bless you. All right, we're working, young lady. Work it out. Save me some pride. Reason, reason arguments or writings in justification of something, typically a theory or religious doctrine. So do we do, do we study to do we study so we can take a stance for what we believe? Paul Apostle once again he talks about it to to the young minister. Timothy in two and five, Timothy two and five. Y'all apologetics. Some of the great apologists, Josh McDowell, Robbie Zachari Zacharias, who just passed away, Dr. D. James Kennedy. These men love God so much that they took it upon themselves, y'all, to get to a point to the point to where no matter who they sat with that did not believe in God, they had the ability to apologize. For their faith. And once again, it's not to say, oh, I'm sorry for being saved. I'm sorry because I don't know. No, it's to tell them, hey, look, God is God. It's the apologetics. It's being able to argue. It's being able to, it's being able to tell somebody how you believe and why you believe what you believe. And y'all, if we are not doing that in the time that we live in, once again, Peter was talking to the church. Don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant about who you serve. Don't be ignorant about who saved you. Don't be ignorant about how awesome he is. 
and know this, that society is going to come against you. The more, when they find out about you, as time goes on, I believe in my heart there are going to be so many Christians that are going to be bobbing and weaving. They're going to be ducking and hiding because they're not going to, they're not going to, hey, hey, look, if you, hey, look, if you, if you do it, you better be able to give a, a strong punch back. And look, if the enemy comes at you, you better be able, you better be able to pounce on him. You better, you better be able to let him know, hey, no, the God that I serve, he is God. Fearless, y'all. The more you know about who you serve, you'll be fearless. The more you know that who you serve loves you, it will not leave you unsecure, you'll be fearless. We do it with men, we do it in, in verse 16 says that we do it with uh, 15, at the end of 15 it says we do it with meekness and fear. Verse 16 says, having a good conscience that whereas the, they speak, love you, speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation with Christ. Listen to me. You, when you got to deal with somebody, You'll be surprised, y'all, how they'll step back. I had people tell me, and this all praise and glory belongs to God. I had people tell me, you know, I've never had anybody take the time to explain that to me the way you do. I feel that. It's one thing to feel it, but do you want it? Do you want to be saved? Because if you want to be saved, if you if, if you feel it, if you feel it that much, if what I have done has caused you to think about where you're at, then you have the opportunity to make the decision of where you want to be. But see, in order, but in order for me to in order for me to do that, I have to make sure that I know, and that I believe, and that I'm sure, convinced, and able to give an account for the hope that's in me. Amen. Amen. Listen to me, y'all. This is a great thing that we're in the time that we live in. This is a great life that we live. But you have to determine yourself if you're prepared. Don't be caught short. When I ask how many people read their Bibles every day, there was a couple of hands that went up. Every adult in here, you should read your Bible every day, Brother Tommy. Every day. Because every day. Brother Corey, you should read your Bible every day. I know our days go by fast, and we're busy days, and we got kids. Y'all got the largest family in the church. And I know it's a busy time. But, it's a, <laughs> but, 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 the, but look, read your Bible every day. Open it up. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Find out about Jesus the Christ. Because, see, they want to pull down the statues of Jesus the Christ. So you need to be able to tell me that. I don't know. Because the word of God says that God is a spirit. They that worship must worship in spirit and truth. Jesus was a Jew. He wasn't a white European. He wasn't a Rastafarian. He wasn't a Buddhist. Thank you. He wasn't black. He was a Jew. However he looked, he wasn't sharp. He wasn't, there wasn't anything about him that they looked so good. He was, it says that people would look on him and you would, not, you would not even consider him because of what he looked like. But he saved you. Yeah. And because he saved you, because he saved us, don't you think that we owe him more? Don't you believe that you owe him more? Don't you believe that you owe him to be prepared for anybody that comes to you and asks you about the hope of sin that you can give it to them both barrels, sure-footed, head up. Let's rest on our feet. We're done. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Sanctify him in your heart. I can't sanctify God in your heart for you. I can only sanctify God in my heart. What does it mean to sanctify God? Set him apart from everything else. Sanctify God. Set God apart from everything else in your life. Sanctify God in your heart. 
Let him be the number one in your heart. Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. Let him be that in your heart. And I guarantee you, if you do that, you'll find your days more peaceful. Father, we want to thank you. Lord God, we want to thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for the 66 books that you have given us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your Holy Spirit. For when we were saved, Lord God, he came and made us a bonus because it was a promise by Jesus Christ. He said it was expedient for him to go away. But if he didn't go away, the comforter would not come. But he went, and the comforter did come. And now he abides in us, Lord God, and you said in your word, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you have been sealed until the day of redemption. Lord, help us not to grieve him. Help us, Lord God, when he tells us to study, that we would study. Lord God, Father, whatever you do, Lord God, give us the time. Everybody under the sound of my voice, give us the time, Lord God. Show us how to be good stewards over our time, that we would give you the time that you deserve, so that when the enemy comes and attacks us for our faith, we'll be ready, Lord God, to make a defense for our faith. Praise the Lord. And there you have it. The word of God, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. I want to ask you out there who just heard this message, after what you have heard, if you profess to be a Christian, a true believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and of God as the creator of all things, and the Holy Spirit, the indwelling power brought to us, given to us to live this life as Christians, are you prepared to give a defense for, your, for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you prepared when asked of you the reason of the hope that's in you? Are you ready to give an answer to that question with meekness and with fear? We're a meek people, but we're not a weak people. God wants us, my friends, to be able to stand for righteousness' sake. In the time that we're living in, as I said at the beginning of this message, it's a different time than any time that ever was before. And if you profess to be a Christian, but you are not prepared to give an, a, a defense, an answer to the reason why you believe, then the enemy will run, over, run you over. Study the word of God. Pray. Fast. Fellowship with the true believers. I'm going to leave you with one more scripture. Coming out of Isaiah, the first chapter, verse number nine. The scripture says, For God has said, if it had not been for the remnant, that this nation would be as of Sodom and this nation would have been as of Gomorrah. What he's saying in that scripture, if there had not been a remnant people that are prepared to give a defense to stand for righteousness sake, at that time, follow the law. In this time, to believe on Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and the gospel of Jesus Christ. If it had not been for us, this whole world, our nation would be as of Sodom and Gomorrah. So we have been put here, my friends, as a defense. Know who you stand with and know who keeps you from falling. Amen. We thank God that you spent this time with us. And until the next episode here at Phoenix Javelin, we wish you a great day.